everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and today is a special bonus episode. What, what? A bonus episode to talk about the importance of community, specifically a community movement in Dayton that has kind of taken our community by storm over the last several years. What I'm talking about is the Premier Health Fly Into the Hoop High School Basketball Invitational. That's right. Every year, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, Eric Horseman puts on the basketball event to end all basketball events. It's an invitational of the top teams in the country. And what has been really inspirational about this whole idea of a tournament is that it's become so much more than a tournament. What it's become is a a community movement. And today, I get to talk to its founder, CEO, and chief catalyst, Eric Horseman, as he discusses the importance of community, the importance of getting people involved, and how this basketball game has grown into something so much more. Hey, if you like our conversation today, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. Leave a rating or a review on iTunes or Spotify, and be sure to share this episode with a friend. As always, we're thankful for you. And now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Eric Horseman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have a dear friend of mine, uh, somebody who I was in a discipleship group for a year, but he's also this incredible community leader, Eric Horseman. Eric, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been great to get to know you over the past year as well, and it's about time you invited me on. One of the things you'll know, uh, you'll learn quickly about my friend Eric is he's quick to crack a joke, and I love that about him. Uh, Eric, and you run one of the biggest basketball tournaments in the country here out of Dayton, Ohio, called the Premier Health Fly Into the Hoop High School Basketball Invitational. Um, How does somebody get called into that kind of work? I mean, all of a sudden, did you wake up one day and I'm like, man, I think I need more high school basketball in my life? Uh, Well, being a very competitive person, it all started out as a dare, as most things do with guys, right? <laughs> so, uh, no, actually, I started my professional world out as an engineer. I uh, got a couple of degrees in engineering out of college, was doing that for about five or six years, and quickly figured out that, holy cow, I was bored. Didn't really, uh, not that I didn't like it, not that it didn't pay well, but I just did not feel fulfilled. Uh, I've always been a sports nut. I've always wanted to own my own business. So uh, about 20 plus years ago, I started a sports marketing company called Sports Image. And uh, we're involved in the sponsorship business, helping high schools all across the country, raising revenue and getting equipment for their programs for free. And based upon that, I started to get to know a lot of the basketball coaches in this area, and they're like, hey, we know you're doing all this stuff with the high schools. Uh, Why don't you try putting on a a good basketball tournament in the area? Uh, So again, like I said, up for the challenge, never wanting to back down. Uh, I decided uh, in 2003 to start at that time just the fly into the hoop basketball tournament. 
where in a nutshell, we bring uh, the best Ohio teams down here to Dayton, Ohio, to play some of the best teams from all over the nation that we fly in. One thing led to another, and we were very blessed. I did not realize God had this plan for me, but uh, we have been very blessed over the past 20 years to uh, be recognized as one of the top tournaments in the nation. Uh, very proud of several things, one of which we've been able to give uh, a platform for a lot of kids uh, to showcase their talents and get scholarships to go on to the next level, uh, some of which might not have gotten a chance to get that scholarship if they weren't seen uh, at this event. And number two, uh, very uh, excited and happy to know that me living here in Dayton, Ohio, this event has an economic impact of about $1.9 million wow. uh, to the area. Uh, and that's January in Dayton. And you and I both live here. And January in Dayton is not a tourist destination. It's, it's not fun. It's not fun, really. Um, that, that's incredible. I love the way that that's kind of intertwined. Um, one of the things that we love to ask people here is um, how you knew it was the right move. Because oftentimes God calls us to these new seasons, these new places, these new phases. How did you know it was time to leave the um, the field that you and Wink and spent a lot of money to get those degrees on to step out to start your own um, your own business. H- how did you know you were called? I think it's one of those things where uh, you know a lot of people might say they feel a void in their life. They feel uh, I don't want to say empty. A lot of friends, family, uh, uh, what have you. But just to professionally, I just felt uh, unfulfilled. And I was putting in my time. I was doing uh, well. There wasn't any problems with it. It was what I thought it was going to be being an engineer. But over time, I really started to reflect inward, you know, and this is only in my late 20s. I guess you can say I had a very early midlife crisis and I basically (laughs) just uh, uh, had a come to Jesus moment where I said, you know what, before I have kids, If I'm ever going to start a business on my own, maybe this is the time to do it. Uh, So I took that, uh, you know, that proverbial leap of faith and uh, have not looked back since, even though as an entrepreneur, as you well know, it's not always easy. Uh, You wear a lot of hats, uh, but it's something I wouldn't change for the world. And I kind of like being in charge of my own destiny, so to speak. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think you and I can both admit that we have a little bit of control issues at times. Uh, <laughs> a little? <laughs> uh, you, you know, w- one of the things that I've come to know, uh, you and I joined a, a discipleship group together through uh, Fearless Church and our good friends, Chris, Pastor Chris Williams, and and our gym, Club 51 Fitness in Centerville, the best gym in Centerville, by the way. Um And and so you and I kind of formed this relationship there, and I saw God start to really work in your life. And and I'm wondering if you could share with um, a lot of people who are probably where you were a couple years ago, how has your faith and your life changed because of those uh, intentional, you know, disciple-making, discipleship relationships? Oh, I'll tell you what. One of the truest, if you will, uh, uh, quotes that I've heard is uh, the the closer you get to God, the more evident he is in your life. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and what I mean by that is uh, little things that I used to take for granted. Now you look at as a God moment or, you know, a God thing. Uh, And then like we all do uh, as sinners, 
Uh, the guilt, and maybe that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, but the guilt uh, that I have is uh, much greater uh, when you know you're straying from the path. And it's kind of neat. Uh, it used to be, wow, look at that coincidence and look at how this just fell into my lap and all of that kind of stuff with the networking that both you and I uh, take pride in, you know, that we do uh, hopefully uh, rather well. Uh, but it's one of those things where now I just think it's part of the, the bigger plan. And uh, I think even going deeper, one of the things that, that I don't think people do enough is try to figure out their spiritual gifts. I think oh, wow. that that was a big moment for me uh, uh, being a part of um, Southbrook Church here in the area for a while and went to a class with my wife where we identified our spiritual gifts. And I could be honest, at first I'm like, nope, I'm not taking those. That's that type A in me. I'm like, yep, that's not me. I, I don't really think that that's me, what have you. But uh, the more that I grow in faith and the longer that you live and experience things, it's funny that everything that's been successful in my life has pointed back to me using those spiritual gifts. So the things that God really set you on this earth for and the things that he said, hey, this is a little bit extra special for Eric. This is a skill that I'm giving Tony. Uh, if you utilize that, if you embrace it, if you figure out what they are, it is amazing, you know, what will transpire because of it. Yeah. So you, you figured out your gift. Um, and, and what was your top gift, by the way? The, uh, there were three of them. Uh, uh, leadership hospitality and administration. So that is the OCD guy that likes to network and party in a leadership role, I guess. And uh, <laughs> if you look at hosting big events and uh, starting your own business and uh, being very organized and that maybe that's why I was even successful as an engineer with the administration and the crossing the T's and dotting the I's and list making and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's funny that those are the ones that became prevalent, and those are the ones that have really stuck out with anything that I've done with success in life. I'll tell you that one of the one of the really cool things is kind of the way that you've used your gifts to help um, build the kingdom. When you saw your your gifts, um, how did that begin to change the way that you look at your relationship with God? I think I started to embrace those gifts more instead of trying to be all things to all people. And I know that you and I are both guilty of that as trying to be a lot of times a people pleaser and, and what have you. Um, I started getting asked to do a lot of things. I still am asked to do a lot of things. I still hate saying no, but things that are outside maybe my comfort zone and more so maybe those spiritual gifts, you know, I've just kind of tended to, I don't want to say shy away from, but I'm trying to stay focused on trying to be not the jack of all trades, but a master of a few. Yeah, one of the things that we say around here a lot is that if you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. And it seems like as I hear you talk more and more is that one of the things that has happened over the last couple of years is you've really worked hard to put together this um, more intimate relationship with Christ. Um, how do you on a daily basis build into your rhythm um, the depth of relationship that I hear? 
Um, well, as you all know, part of a, you know, a disciple group that you and I still meet with once a month, and then we all went off and started our own disciple group that I meet with once a week. Uh, but the other thing is, is I am a creature of habit. That is that administration and that OCD in me, as is you. So every morning at the gym, uh, when I see you there after we're done working out, uh, when I'm doing my cardio, you know, I'm listening to podcasts besides your, yours, obviously, good plug there, obviously. but besides yours, uh, uh, I've also been really attentive to uh, uh, the Bible in a Year podcast. So uh, what I'm doing is every day on the treadmill, uh, listening to a 20 to 25 minute uh, chapter, verse, what have you from the Bible. And even though the year started on January 1 and it should be nearing the end, uh, I'm only on day 187. So I still have quite a ways to go, but at least I'm happy that I'm 187 days into the Bible. And the neat thing about it is, is not only is it just quote unquote reading, obviously I'm listening to it, but there is a eight to 10 minute summary of what they just read at the end. So I'm getting that little sermon every day day. So as you well know, there's probably certain parts of books, Bibles, or magazines that you read and you're like, you know what, it's been 30 seconds. I don't even remember two things what I just read. You know, I get the recap at the end of the podcast. So I've learned a lot more from a perspective of people a lot smarter than me, digesting that Bible and dissecting it so that I can hear it. Uh, So I guess you can say physically and spiritually, I'm getting my fill every morning at Club 51. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's certainly been a, a catalyst for um, for what God is doing in your life, and I, I love that. And I also love the way it's kind of um, it's made its way into your work. You're in a field that isn't um, doesn't really promote Jesus. It doesn't really welcome that kind of discussion. How do you um, work on being what what we like to call around here sneaky Jesus? In other words, how, how do you figure out ways to to take your faith and inserted into the day as you work with public school administrators and basketball coaches and some of the top athletes and their people in the world? Um, a couple of things, and you're right, it, it does have to be sometimes sneaky Jesus in today's world. Uh, I like that term. Uh, what I've made a conscious effort of is I get asked to speak a lot, uh, get interviewed a lot when it comes time for the tournament and what have you. And I always make sure to uh, throw in the words, we've been very blessed and use the terminology that leaves no doubt uh, for folks that we're a faith-based organization, that we're believers trying to do good works out there. And yes, it is through hard work, but it's also through belief uh, and being aligned with your spiritual gifts and everything else that these successes have come and continue to come. Yeah. And have you found that as you have inserted the sneaky Jesus into your your world and work that uh, things have changed for you kind of at the office or in, in your work environment? It's funny. And I'm sure, I mean, you're a pastor, so you kind of right away, it's not too sneaky right there, you know, when you meet somebody, but uh, uh, you can tell uh, other believers out there, you can tell when you're, you know, uh, interacting with folks, Uh, You throw a couple of those phrases in there and then they open up a little bit more to you, whether that's off camera, whether that's in a, uh, you know, a side room at the gym or something like that. Uh, It is neat. Uh, You wish it was more prevalent for everybody to be out and open in today's world. Uh, But uh, at least, you know, if you're open to 
uh, communicating it in whatever way you think, whether it's right off the bat like you do or the sneaky Jesus type that some people in today's corporate America have to do it. Uh, the way I look at it is you go into a situation, you say, hey, God, just use me for your will. Let me put a smile on somebody's face today or, you know, I, at the end of this day, I want you to be proud of the way that I acted and what we did. And hopefully it's, uh, you know, helping folks for the better in your name. And you kind of go from there. Now, uh, th- this is the first year that you've really led a small group on your own. Uh, I- I'm kind of curious, what- what's it been like uh, being the primary disciple maker for a group of guys? And, and you guys meet really early, well, really early for you, only kind of early yes. for the rest of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you guys meet you guys meet really early in an office space, and you guys have coffee, and you get together, and you, you're working through uh, Discipleship Essentials by, by Greg Ogden. Uh, a great book that um, is is good for small groups. Um, what's it been like for you to lead that? How, what have you learned about yourself in this process? Um, it, it hasn't been as hard as I thought. I think, you know, that for whatever it is, that natural leadership, you know, that spiritual gift that came, I, I really didn't worry about it. I didn't feel challenged by it. Um, I, these are four, you know, three guys along with myself. It's a group of four of us. They're friends of mine. So I've known them all to varying degrees. I felt comfortable with them. I think the biggest thing with them, as even when I was with you in our previous group, is just getting to that level of comfort to really open up, to go beyond the bravado, you know, to go beyond the small little digs that guys do in today's world. You know, again, we're all very comfortable with each other. But once we started really diving deep, and that's where I think we are with our group now, uh, opening up a little bit and seeing some of those cracks in your buddy's armor that you always knew were there, but, you know, go on said and not talked about. And this has given us a platform to feel a little bit more comfortable on doing that. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that authenticity is really important and and you've done a really good job of of cultivating that in your discipleship group. Um, but you've also done a really good job of of cultivating that in your flying to the hoop uh community. Can could you kind of share a little bit about your vision? Well, you know, this tournament obviously is huge now and, and you've got the Top Gun showcase as well, which is happening in uh, in the spring. And so you've got two high quality basketball tournaments that have really turned into more than just a tournament, they've turned into a community. How, how do you intentionally build community um, it, with all the people you're interacting with? It's uh, it's interesting because, you know, you, you, you do hear people say, hey, it's a great event. We do get a lot of kudos. We're very blessed for that. Uh, you know, our competition are things like the NBA Hall of Fame and things of that nature. And then there's just little Eric here in Dayton, Ohio, with his group of volunteers, teams and sponsors. But what I think is more important, and this is the thing that we're most proud of, is it's it's more than an event. It's almost like family now. And what I mean by that is, you know, this is going on year 19 because we had to cancel because of COVID last year. And I'm telling you, Tony, we had volunteers that have been with us every year. Now, understand, volunteers are very important to anything. And it's usually, hey, a couple hours here or a race 
you know, a, a 5K on a Saturday. Well, with Flying to the Hoop, it is 20 basketball games over Martin Luther King weekend. There are two games Friday night, six Saturday, six Sunday, six Monday, and our volunteers are there the entire weekend. So there are a lot of people that have been a part of this for 19 years and have given me that entire weekend to help out uh, with little more than a pat on the back and a thank you and being involved in something that's turned into the monster that it has today. So I look at it from the volunteers and I can say the same about our sponsors. Most of our sponsors have been with us through the early year, through the teams, and we have developed relationships with coaches all around the country to most importantly, the fans. Uh, I hear so many stories every year about how people have become best friends because they've gotten the same seats every year and they look forward to this event every year. I hear fathers that have grown up with their sons going to this event every year from when they were a little kid looking forward to being, you know, father-son time all weekend. Same with mothers and daughters. Uh, I've heard of people that have started dating because of meeting here every year. Uh, the the tearjerkers are when I send out the emails and I get responses from wives that say, Hey, uh, just wanted to say that so-and-so passed away this past year, but I felt, you know, convicted to write you an email to say he looks so forward to him and his buddies going to your event every year. It gave him joy every January to be able to do that. So it's kind of neat that you read these kind of stories and you really, really uh, come together as a community. And I think that's what we have done. Yes, it's great talent. We have 88 guys now in the NBA that have been to the flying of the hoop, you know, have played in the flying of the hoop. We've had four number one draft picks that have been here. So we have top division one college coaches. One year we had Kenny, the jet Smith walk in. I didn't expect that. So you never know who you're going to see walk through the doors, but at the end of the day, I know I can count on familiar faces from John Q public all over the place, you know, in Southwest Ohio, uh, that come to this. Uh, last little story is every year I get an email from a group of guys. There are six guys that drive from South Carolina up to Dayton, Ohio every January as like their little trip to Mecca for their basketball weekend to oh, that's awesome. 20 basketball games. And I'm like, you're driving from South Carolina. I mean, I'm a basketball nut. It's my event. I don't think I'm driving from South Carolina to Dayton. <laughs> to half days here. Uh, but that's kind of neat. And it has become a family. And, yeah. you know, that's what, uh, as a great segue, if you will, that's what we're trying to do now with the flying to the hoop and starting this Operation Wingman that I know that you're familiar with, uh, is to extend that family outside the confines of the basketball court and try to help those in need around our community to do some greater good above basketball. Because as you well know, everybody needs a wingman. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's jump into that a little bit. I, I think this has really been a movement of God. It, it, it's on your heart, and uh, you've uh, referenced a, a quote from uh, the book of Proverbs. I was wondering if you might share that with us to kind of talk a little bit about uh, how and why this thing got started, and and kind of you know as you think and pray about what all this looks like, um, y- you know what does a successful you know, operation wingman kind of, um, uh, event or, or kind of premise look like in your head? What, what's the big vision for that? Well, uh, this is the one thing where the irony of me being in 
engineering, OCD, administrative checklist type of guy where I've kind of thrown it out the window and said, hey, let's see what happens here. Let's see what God can do. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we took the quote from Proverbs, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. And we feel, I feel that with the success of the tournament, with uh, 20 years of people giving in to us and our event, making it the number two event in the nation, uh, it's our time to act. It's in our power to act, to start giving back even more so than we do right now. We do give a scholarship every year. We hope we bring entertainment and, and bring all of these people together like we do every January. Heck, if nothing else, everybody's kind of bummed out after the holiday season going into January, you know, what's next to look forward to. And it really works out well that Martin Luther King weekend is our weekend, you know, in this area uh, where people see great basketball, but uh, getting back to operation wingman, we are really winging it pun intended. And what I mean by <laughs> that is, you know, we set up a page on our website that said, you know what, we're here. We want to make a difference. We have a lot of contacts. We have a lot of resources. We have a lot of networking. We have a lot of sponsors. We have a lot of people that we know. Uh, case in point, you and I talking today, uh, there are people in need out there. There might be people that need to talk to somebody, words of encouragement. There might be people that are in need or organizations in need monetarily. Uh, there might be other things that they need assistance with that we might be able to network and put two and two together. And you and I both know on the whole PR and networking thing, we do pretty well. So I left it up to God and I said, you know what, we're putting Operation Wingman together. We're going to throw it out there. We're going to let folks uh, contact us via our website, whether it's for themselves, for an organization and for or for another worthy cause and send us an email. And let us see what we can do. Let us try to connect the dots and see if we can make a difference so that we can build the community outside of just the basketball court uh, during Martin Luther King weekend here. Yeah. So so essentially what you're doing is you're, you're almost creating uh, a networking uh, opportunity within your community that intentionally is there to give uh, and to support um people who may have a need. And what I love about this active faith on your part is that you're not really defining the need for people, right? You're not saying, hey, let, me we're not gonna... you, hey, let me just tell you, dude, that's kind of freaking me out. You know, <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> and, uh, and as the self-appointed chaplain for the op, uh, for, for the premier yes. health line to the hoop, uh, weekend. I'm so excited to see you stepping out in faith. It's my absolute favorite part of all of this because I know that God shows up in big ways when we give him space. And what you're doing here is you're giving God space to do something. And so uh, the, the website, if you're interested, it's flyingtothehoop.com slash community slash operation hyphen wingman. And if you go to that site, there are, are two things that you can do, right? You, you can uh, request help or you can offer help. And so we would encourage you, the faithful listeners of, of my community, the Reclamation Podcast, to go to this website, flyingtothehoop.com slash community slash operation hyphen wingman, or just Google flying to the hoop operation wingman. It'll come up and uh, and see what you can do to give back, especially if you love sports as much as I do. I, I'm so excited to see what God is going to do through this platform and particularly through this through this uh, ministry that you've created alongside um, a alongside what is a nationally ranked uh, 
basketball tournament. What are you most excited about with Operation Wingman? Uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. I'm used to being the man with the plan. You know, I, I, again, I like checklists. I like to be able to say, this is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. By this time next year, I hope to have grown it this much. Da, 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 da. Well, with this, I want to throw it out there after 19 years of building relationships with volunteers, with teams, with sponsors, with the media, with fans, with coaches. I'm going to throw it out there and see what happens. So many times in the past, we have done one-off charities during the event and taken donations. We've done stuff with Shoes for the Shoeless, which I'm sure you're aware of here in the Dayton area. Uh, again, we give scholarships every year to players. Well, I just wanted to put a, a name to all of that and see if we can grow it in different ways, uh, 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 unbeknownst to me right now. And that's where you and I will put our thinking caps together and see what kind of trouble in a good way we can get in. So I decided that, you know, uh, over the uh, holiday weekend this past weekend to launch it. So I emailed our constituents out there, all of our fans uh, to say, hey, we're, we're launching this. Uh, we already have about eight to 10 requests that we're reviewing. We're going to look through. You and I are going to talk about seeing uh, what we might be able to do to help. Again, this doesn't always have to be monetary. It could be other things. It could be just some of our network might be able to help somebody out there that's looking for a certain person or wants to get in front of somebody else. It's just our way to expand the community beyond the basketball court and do so honoring God and do it in a Christian way that uh, we can look back and say, hey, well done. Yeah, I'm really excited about not only what this does for the Flying to the Hoop community, but also for what it does um, in your heart, Eric, you know, because this is kind of a big, this is a big step for you. This will be also the first time in 19 years you're offering a, a Sunday morning chapel service that I'm really excited to be leading uh, on. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you got a basketball team and you're coming in, uh, please, we'd love to see you on Sunday morning. Uh, there'll be information all about that. Uh, I appreciate the boldness that it takes to take something that's already been wildly successful and say, you know what, I'm going to give a little bit more of this to God. And, and that is that is a step. And And I think there might be somebody who's listening right now who's thinking about that next step and how to live out their faith. If you were going to give them one piece of wisdom from what you're experiencing, how would you tell someone to live out their faith a little bit more boldly? Ooh. Well, and this is coming from uh, a deep part inside me. It's you do not have to know all the answers up front. You do not have to know the entire path up front. Just take the step. So you hear so many people, you read so many business books that say that about entrepreneurship. Obviously, you want to have a business plan, a game plan, but sometimes you literally have to take that leap of faith. And there's so many people out there that are talented enough to do that and whatever they want to do, but they're so scared just to do it. You just got to do it and you just got to be able to uh, fly uh, on the edge of your seat a little bit at times. It's not always an easy ride. There are days when you're like, man, I just want to punch a time clock and be done at five o'clock and be, you know, and, and go home. But uh, it is so much more fulfilling. And one of the big things in my life is I don't want to have regret. I don't want to be able to sit here 20 years from now and go, man, Tony, I wish we would have done that. I wish we would have tried that. 
You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's better to have tried and failed and learned than not to have tried at all and wonder what if. No, I love it. I love it. I think uh, I think God's doing something really big in your life, man. The Holy Spirit's showing up in powerful ways, and I'm so excited to be uh, amongst your friends and to be along for the ride. I, I know that my listeners are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to get their tickets to fly into the hoop. You know, I, I should have asked, is there a... Is there a discount code for Reclamation Podcast listeners? We'll work on you know, it. There isn't one now, but there will be one later. So let me uh, let me figure that out, and I'll be able to. You'll be able to tweet it out to all of your followers or what have you. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll put it in the show notes, right? So the discount code in the show notes. If you want to come, uh, me and and my boys will both be there for the whole weekend. We got weekend passes. I'm super excited about that, and so it's going to be great. Where can they connect with you and with Attorney? I'll tell you what, one of the easiest things to do is if you go to flyintothehoop.com, there are contact us uh, forms all over the place from uh, people that want to volunteer to sponsors to getting tickets to Operation Wingman, and all of those get filtered through me. So uh, the easiest way to do is do that. Also, uh, heavy on all social media with LinkedIn and Twitter. If you just want to uh, Google Eric Horseman, I'm sure that my ugly mug will pop up somewhere. Well, that's that's fantastic. Uh, okay, last question we always love to ask people, uh, and you've listened to the podcast, so you know it's an advice question, except I get to take you to a very specific time in your life where you give yourself one piece of advice. And I'd like to take you back uh, to the end of your very first day as the CEO and founder of um, of your own business. If you could go back and talk to that young, naive, bold version of yourself, What's the one piece of advice you're giving Eric? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, obviously, the first thing I probably wouldn't tell myself because I did make, make that leap. I would tell somebody that's worried about it to go ahead and make the leap and try it. But one piece of advice I will admit is as much as schooling was a big part of my life, and obviously I was doing uh, a bunch of it becoming an engineer. I really, really, really harp on my kids and wish I would have taken more business courses back in college. If you're ever going to own your own business, uh, you do not understand the concept of wearing enough hats and everything from being an attorney to an accountant to a marketer. Uh, uh, to a salesman, to a CEO, every day doing your own thing, you never realize uh, what hat you're going to wear. And I wish I would have either paid attention in those classes a little bit more or taken more basic business classes just to lay the foundation for all that was to come. I love it. I love it. Well, Eric, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being so generous. Uh, for what you're doing in, in and through the community. And uh, I can't wait to see what God does with Operation Wingman in the year ahead. Thank you, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Can't wait to see you later. I loved this conversation with Eric. I think he brings just a really solid voice of how we live in the tension of business and faith. In addition to that, uh, I love the way he talks about disciple making and how that continues to grow in his life. And man, I am praying for what God is going to do through this tournament and through the movement of this community. Again, I'm so thankful for you, for the opportunity to give me to be in your ears every week and every once in a while with these bonus episodes. 
So, and if you haven't done it yet, buy your tickets to Fly Into the Hoop. Follow them on Twitter or Instagram. Fly In with no G to the Hoop is the best way to find them. Uh, you can also check out their website, flyintothehoop.com. Thank you guys so much. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move. <laughs>